hadn't seen the people she was going to be with in 30 years. Okay. So what she was recalling, and she didn't even realize it, but I listen archetypally now. I listen symbolically. You do it all the time. The difference between you and me is I know it. You don't. You will after truly getting the language of archetypes as we go into this. But in the meantime, let me just start by saying, as I heard her talking about meeting these two people, I said to her, well, what were they like in high school? So she described them according to patterns. She said, well, the one was an artist, very creative, and described the artist archetype. And then she said, I don't know if she ever pursued art. I have no idea what she's doing now because I asked, did she become an artist? She said, I don't know. And then the other person became what? She said, a business person, an entrepreneur. He had started a beer company in Milwaukee. And she said he was always into some kind of financial project. Always had to, in, in high school, she said he was always, you know, figuring out a way to make a dollar here, make a dollar there. It was in his blood. That's an archetype. It's in your blood. It's something that's in your blood. Now, what people don't realize is that when something's in their blood, it's in their contract. When it's in your contract, it's in your soul. Soul's a big word to use, actually. But, you know, your soul is a companion that walks this earth with you. I always, as an aside, find it um, kind of funny to listen to people talk about their spirituality or their spiritual life. And they'll say things like, uh, I got involved in my spiritual life at such and such an age or whatever. And it almost sounds as if they didn't have a spirit prior to the time that they got involved in their spiritual life. But what's true is you'd never pursue your spirit. Your spirit pursues you. And that pursuit never stops. And in the pursuit Part of that is an inner impulse that you see clearly. How You need a tool to see clearly. You just don't get up in the morning and decide, give me some Windex, I'm going to see clearly today. That is preposterous. Clarity requires a, a tool, and that tool is an archetypal gallery, really. It's, the, it's a language. You need a language. And that language is symbology. You know, if you study, read any of the scriptures or any sacred literature, or if you look at great poetry, if you look at, at any one of the wonderful poets, one of my favorite poets, if not my favorite poet, is Emily Dickinson. Emily. I have a stuffed doll of Emily Dickinson in my, my room. It, it's really a horrendous looking creature, but I adore her because one of my dearest friends gave me Emily. And I, I think of her, if you've ever read Emily, she captures what's true about symbolism and the journey of symbolism and what you have done and will continue to do all of your life. And that's when you have an experience that reaches a certain altitude 
of expression. You will automatically go from telling someone about it literally to shifting into metaphor. Instead of saying, oh, it was down this street and over here, you will then say if it reaches an energetic experience, you will now go into metaphor. It was like I was falling in love. It was like this. It was like the worst thing that ever hit. It was like ghouls coming at me. You will lose a capacity to express it literally, and you will have to access symbolic language because you simply won't be able to function at the literal level in describing your experience. Now, let me explain how this series on the language of archetypes is different than my earlier work on sacred contracts. Sacred contracts is about the pursuit of the agreements you made before you incarnated. And believe me when I tell you, you made agreements. You didn't fall out of the sky. You descended with agreements or assignments that were given specifically to your soul. But how do you access that? How do you access your purpose in life? People would like to believe that the purpose of their lives is written very easily by occupation, especially in the Western culture, because we're so practical. I'm sure my purpose in life is a job, is an occupation. I'm sure I was born to do one thing. That's how people think. That's the influence of the puritanical heritage of ours. But your contracts in life are numerous and they include relationships. They include events that you must participate in. They also include fears that you're destined to encounter within yourself that you have to move through. They also include relationships that you are bound to through love, sometimes through grief. They also include creativity, acts of creation that you have to bring to this earth that only your soul can engage in. They also include thought forms, acts of faith that only your soul is capable of introducing into the human community. Contracts are numerous. They also include health challenges that because you go through them, you help heal many people by what you alone can endure. Contracts are numerous. Now, your contracts are represented by archetypes. Why? Because archetypes are the symbolic language of the universe. Past the language of logic, past the language of, of language, comes the language of symbols. And it's in the language of symbols that you understand or can decode or can discern what heaven is saying to you or what your dream world is saying to you. It's through the language of symbols that you reach the interior of your soul. So when you are trying to figure out where, what, is, what are my contracts, you cannot go through logic. You have to go through symbols. 
You have to go through your archetypal patterns. You have to learn to speak the language of archetypes. Now, in learning to speak archetypes, that is the challenge. That's why I've decided to do this series. Because archetype language, if you will, is a complicated, rich language unto itself that, like learning any other language, has no end to it. I could have made this series 39 CDs and still added 40 more, and it still wouldn't have been long enough because there are always more archetypes, and there is always much more to say about each one of them more examples, more different ways to look at it. There are always more archetypes that that should have, could have, would have been included. That's how rich and complex the world of archetypes is. The archetypes that I have chosen represent the most common ones that come from our collective culture. You know, if, if we were traveling to another country, if I had worked a great deal, for example, in South America, there'd be different archetypes in here that would come from their culture. But these are the archetypes that reflect our time, our culture, our mutual backgrounds. So that is how I've come to the choices that I've made in this series. Obviously, some of these archetypes are universal to everybody. No matter where you go on this global village of ours, the mother archetype is going to be present, and the father, and the warrior, and the hero. These are what they're called the major arcana. But if you go to some other countries, you aren't going to find the network.